today. Man, oh man, oh man, your pastor's heart was blessed this morning. Um, we looked around and it was a full church house. Uh, I told Miss Shanista she needed to have a birthday every week if that's what it took. Uh, it's so cool to, to see new faces and see new families. and uh, not, not that it, you know, God doesn't keep a tally sheet, but I, I think it's good as a word of encouragement for the church to know how many were here this morning. We had 130 people in, in the sanctuary this morning. Uh, man, that's worthy to give God praise for, for sure. It excites you. It really does. Um, I always bring a, I, I told Miss LaDonna as, as I walked by the sound booth, uh, I, I brought a whole bale of hay. Uh, I, I bring a whole bale of hay every time to feed the cows. Not that y'all are cows, okay, but... <laughs> I, I think that the preacher ought to bring a whole bale of hay uh, because, you know, what, what one cow don't want, another might eat up. Boy, i got to get off this trail. Y'all ain't liking it at all. The, the bulls are okay, but the heifers ain't liking it at all. I'm just... <laughs> Woo! We better praise God together. How about that? Let's stand on our feet if you don't mind. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> the word heifer is in the Bible. Y'all need to look that up sometime. Just saying. <laughs> Father, we love you. <laughs> Laughter does good like a medicine, Lord. Thank you that you give us joy and that you give us a smile. Thank you that you that you put joy in our heart to laugh, Lord, and let what's on the inside come to the outside. God, may our frown be replaced with a smile and let the joy of the Lord give us strength tonight. God, I pray from the front of this room to the back and every part in between that, that Lord, you flood this place by the power of your person. God, come in might and power, God, in authority. And, Lord, I'm asking you, God, I, I, I trust you, Lord to do what you want to do. Have your way, God, and be glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord tonight.
of eternal promise stirring in your sons and daughters earth revealing heaven's wonders spirit come spirit come what you spoke Your children shall behold it. Dreams awaken in this moment. Spirit come, Spirit come. Pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now. 
voice tonight and honor Him. Lift your voice in praise unto Him. Come on, all throughout this sanctuary, throughout this room together tonight, just begin to lift your voice and thank Him. Lord, we thank You that You're a trustworthy God tonight. We thank You, Lord, that You hear our cries and that You answer our prayer. God, through fellowship and through communion with You, Lord, we draw closer. God, we come to a greater understanding, a deeper depth, Lord, of, of knowledge of the trust we can place in You. God, we thank You. We thank You for the help and the hope, the strength, the purpose, and the plan. God, the mercy and the love we find when we call upon You. You're our friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are a bright and morning star. You are the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are the precious rose of Sharon. You are God and our King, our help, the one who loves us the most. Lord, it seems so small and insignificant for us to open our voices and open our mouths and, and say thank you, but Lord, that's all that we have to say is thank you. God, you're so precious to us. Lord, it's not just lip service. We don't praise you only with our mouths, but with our hearts, our soul, our mind, our spirit, God. We worship you in spirit and in truth, oh Lord. With all that we have, with all that we are, God, we desire to give you praise. How we love you. God, in the, in the good time and the bad time, in the ups and the downs, you're still so very worthy of our praise. I love you. God, I praise you. Nothing without you, Lord. I don't even want to try. I love you. And I praise you. Hallelujah. Isn't he a faithful God tonight? Isn't he a trustworthy father tonight, church? Come on and give him your best hand clap of praise. Amen. Turn and greet somebody. Let them know you love them. <clears throat> well, glory. May it snow on the inside like it's snowing on the outside. Thank y'all for being back in God's house tonight. Amen. Did everybody have a dose of alum before you came? <laughs> you know what alum is? Anybody ever, anybody ever had alum? Brother Curtis knows what alum is. I, I would ask you to stand and you know, tell all these other people, but you may have already had some. So, If you've ever had a, a cold sore, if you've ever had a fever blister, you probably need to become familiar with alum. Um, alum is, is basically, let me ask you this question. Maybe this would help some of us a little bit better. How many of you ever had that daddy or that, that uncle or that, that granddad who said, here, try this persimmon. It's really good, this green persimmon. I'm preaching to the wrong people tonight. I can just tell already. A, a persimmon, if you put it in your mouth, 
it just draws all the moisture. It just puckers your whole mouth up. It, it dries you up so you're not able to talk. A, a green persimmon will, will pucker you up pretty quick. Well, alum does the same thing. It's a powder uh, that if, like if you have a fever blister or a cold sore, you can dab a little bit on your finger, you can put it on there. It burns like the dickens, but it'll dry a cold sore up. I mean, a fever blister just right now, uh, and it'll go away really quick. At least that's what Dr. Dotson tells me at my house, right? Uh, if you got that stuff throughout your mouth, it would pucker you up to the place where you're not able to talk. Prayerfully, they weren't passing alum out in the foyer when you were coming into service tonight, okay? Because this is an interactive service. It's okay to say amen and it's okay to say oh my. Uh, it, it's all right to, to, to let your voice be heard in, in church service. Amen. amen. You're not going to scare the preacher and you're certainly not going to scare the Lord. Uh, he, he's here with us to do great stuff. I, I failed to say anything this morning, but I want to say it tonight. Miss Courtney and worship team, you guys did so wonderful. Uh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Miss Julie was diagnosed this past week with COVID. She's got to spend a few days in isolation. I spoke with her on the telephone this morning. She was coughing a little bit, but she is getting better. Uh, she's taking some dewormer medicine right now, I think. And so, would y'all please, she's taking some alum right now is what she's doing. Yes, she's alum. Anyway, she's, she's taking some medicine. She's getting better. And uh, so please pray for Miss Julie. Uh, we love her. We, we miss her when she's here. But man, it's good to know that uh, there's, there's folks that can step right in and we never miss a beat. And so we, we appreciate that so very much. Uh, also, I want to remind you next Sunday night uh, is our Valentine's banquet. If you didn't see one of these awesome youth uh, to get your Valentine's banquet tickets, you need to do that. You need to get a hold of one of them. And, uh, and buy your tickets, $15 a person or $30 a couple. Uh, that, that's a bargain. I mean, that's a deal any day of the week. Uh, the, the kids, I don't know if you remember how many were here a few years ago uh, when they did the Western theme Valentine's Banquet. Uh, it was so good and so much fun, so much fun. Uh, last year, it had something, some involvement with uh, a missing OU memorabilia. And so uh, it wasn't nearly as good as the Western theme thing because of the OU involvement. But... Uh, besides that, I mean, it was, it was a good banquet, and uh, the food's always great. Uh, we're having uh, the uh, brisket smoked uh, this year, and so it'll be homegrown and home-cooked. And so uh, you guys come out, get you a ticket. It's, it's well worth $15. You can't go to most restaurants and have a brisket dinner and entertainment for $15. There's no way. And uh, so you guys come and be a part of that, please. I want to dig into the Word. Uh, you, you can tell by the screensaver we're going to do some snowing tonight. And uh, so just get ready, but we're going to worship the Lord as we go to Him in the Word tonight. Right there where you're seated, will you worship Him with me? Father, I love you. God, I thank you. I praise you. Every set of ears, every heart in the room. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you that you're here uh, to minister help and hope and encouragement. Uh, Lord God, you fill us with joy, laughter, and excitement. Lord, have your way in this room tonight. And God, may you be glorified in all that's said and done. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I thank God tonight. How many would understand that it's only 133 more days until summertime? The official start of summer is June the 21st. How many are ready for summertime? Amen. Uh, over the past several days, you guys have, have known just like I have, we've been experiencing our first and probably our only... <laughs> 
our only winter storm of the year, our only snowfall of the year uh, we've experienced over the last few days. Many places throughout this, this nation have received a, a whole lot harder hit from this snowstorm than what we have. Uh, many places, and us as well, have, have gone through times when the kids have been out of school. How many kiddos was out of school this last week? How many kiddos were glad about being out of school this last week? <laughs> Gerald and Donna were raising their hands. I'm not a kiddo, but I was out of school, and I'm glad about it. Uh, some people had to miss time off work. How many are glad you got to miss some time off work this last week? Chasing Lamb better not raise his hands, all I got to say. <laughs> we even had to cancel church this past Wednesday night. It, it's one of the things that absolutely grieves your pastor's heart and your spirit. I, uh, somebody asked me one time uh, how long I was going to keep preaching. I'll preach as long as there's preaching inside of me. Uh, and I think the Lord's always going to have preach inside of me. And, and so for to miss a service, yes, even a Wednesday night service irks my spirit. It hurts my heart uh, to think that we're not able together together to share the word of God. I love those times. Uh, but but to, to think about uh, one of the people that I love and I care about uh, getting out and driving and, and ended up in a ditch or slipping and falling, coming across the parking lot. I'm not going to take that chance either. Uh, there's some old folks like Tommy Tucker that just shouldn't ought to be out when it's bad weather, you know. And so uh, we, we, we want him to be safe. We want him to be, you know, out, out of harm's way. For, for many folks, and I, I've told you guys before, I love the snow. I, I love for the snow and the blanket and uh, come and cover the ground. And I think it's one of the prettiest things that you can look at. Uh, Sister Vonda lucked out this go around. Normally when it snows like this, one of the things we love to do is, is hook a sled on behind the four-wheeler. Uh, I was telling somebody today, when we were first married in 1914, uh, we had a, a, one of them Honda three-wheelers, one of them had big old tires about that tall. Them tires was that big around on that Honda Big Red three-wheeler. And I tied the sled on behind it. And we got Sister Vonda all dressed up in all of uh, her glory and, and, and my coveralls and a beanie cap. And, and we went to the closest church to, to where we lived at. And I pulled her in circles and didos all over that church field. And by the time we got done, she looked like the abominable snowman. It was this go around. She was getting up off the couch one day and she popped a rib out of place. And I was thinking, good Lord, we're really getting old when just getting up. We're popping ribs out of place, you know, so... Anyway, she, she lucked out. She, she didn't get to go for a ride on the four-wheeler this go-around, but, but we still had to get out and see. And I, I love the snow. I think it's really pretty. It's something you can have a lot of fun with. But, but how many understand that there's also a little bit of excitement when it begins to melt and it begins to go away too, right? It's great to see it come, but it's great to see it go away. Uh, yesterday, Thursday and Friday and Saturday, I, I was praying, Lord, please let that parking lot melt. Lord, please let that parking lot clear up. Uh, please let the ice be gone so that when Sunday comes around, we're able to have church services again. I, I was really excited to be able to send out that message yesterday afternoon and say, come on, the church parking lot's mostly clear. Come on, come on to the house of God. The, the truth is a little bit of snow can go a long ways for most of us, right? When it comes to things being canceled and uh, we're not able to do the things we love to do, we, we can get sick of that white stuff really, really quickly. Uh, between the ice and the snow and uh, all the things that happened, the roads became treacherous pretty quick. How many uh, experienced the treacherousness of the roads? Anybody get out in some of that mess and mess around while it was... Merle and Robin did, I know. Merle is the adventurous spirit in the room. He got out and was pulling people out of ditches, praise God. Man of a kindred heart, a kindred spirit. That's why I like to go, just to see who I can pull out of the snow and, and try to help somebody get them rescued, right? 
I, I, I can't even begin to tell you and uh, in our drive, Sister Vaughn and I uh, were, were so ambunctious about the snow that, that we hopped on I-35 and went to Gainesville the other night to have dinner and uh, to go to the, to the theater. And uh, How many cars did we see off in the ditches between Ardmore and, and Gainesville? Uh, just a short drive down the, down the road. Some of the past few days, some of you have been experiencing what's known as cabin fever. Anybody in the room experienced Cabin fever is when the walls begin to close in. Cabin fever is when you get so sick of, of that person that you're in the house with that you just want to look at them and you want to choke them. To, no, I'm not. That's a whole different story. It's, cabin fever will make you do things you don't normally do. I talked to some of the ladies today and they were, they were talking about, I cooked every day this last week. Cabin fever will make my wife cook every day. Bless God, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. <laughs> Before winter came and all the storms began to blow in, all the, the weathermen on the television set and the, the, the people that I, I like to listen to this one particular guy online, I think he's pretty accurate when it comes to our particular area. And, and uh, all of the forecast, all the predictions of, of how much snow we would get, where it would be, where it would hit the hardest. And, and over and over and over again, I heard them using words like blizzard warnings and snowmageddon. I mean, oh, we've lived through snowmageddon over the last few days. When we get these forecasts like this, most people in southern Oklahoma lose their stinking mind. Oh, it's going to snow, it's going to snow. What are we going to do? It's going to snow. I think they ought to train you from the time you're about 14 years old how to drive on the ice and snow. Because I saw so many idiots while we were out and about that shouldn't have been driving on the ice and snow. They should stay at home. If you don't know how to drive on it, stay away from it. Amen? But the thing that struck my mind, the, the thought that came to my mind was as these warnings came forward, the, the people that either listened to the warnings and heeded the warnings were prepared and ready when the snow came, or the people that didn't listen to the warnings or heed the warnings were unprepared when the, when the snow came. And so it kind of struck my heart that the Word of God is filled with warning after warning after warning after warning. Of events that are greater than, bigger than a snowstorm that's going to come. Things that are bigger than a blizzard warning. There's events that are warned about in the Word of God that if we would get a hold of and respond to accordingly, it would change our entire world. And so tonight, what, what the Holy Spirit told me to talk to you about is this. He said talk to you about some blizzard warnings. I told you get ready, it's about to snow. Find your Bibles. We're going to the book of 2 Peter chapter 3. I'm really missing Faith and Alan and Jerry and some people with big mouths. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 13, the word of the Lord says this. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all of these things will be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. Because of which the heavens will be dissolved with fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Amen. Father, thank you tonight for your word. 
God, thank you for the opportunity to minister it. And I pray, Lord, around this room tonight that you stir us with blizzard warnings. God, I pray that we take heed, that we listen, and, and God, it changes our conduct. I, I pray, God, that you're glorified through every word spoken, and I pray, God, that it brings our attention toward you. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we bless you, we give you glory in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed tonight and said, Amen. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap, if you wouldn't mind, please. <laughs> Seems like a broken record message that the preacher preaches. Seems like it's the only thing the preacher can talk about, but, but, but how can I not? Right. If it's the most prevalent thing going on in the world today, if it's the most important thing that we'll ever hear, if it's the most important thing we'll ever know about, then how can I go from a service to another service without saying, we better be watching, we better be ready, we better be looking, because Jesus Christ is coming, and He's coming soon. Right. I believe He's coming, church, in a, in a twinkling of an eye. That's what the Bible says. I believe he's returning for a bride that's without spot or without blemish. I, I believe he's returning for a bride that's watching and waiting, prepared and has her lamp trimmed, ready to go. I believe he's returning for a bride who's heard and heeded to the blizzard warnings. Days. Days after, before the ice and snow began to fall, many people who normally are able to get out, uh, soon begin to think about the fact that as that snow and that ice hit the ground, they were not going to be able to get out. They, they knew that they were not going to be able to do some of the things that they normally did. And so because of the forecast, because of the warnings the, of the snow that was to come, many a people made a mad dash to the grocery store. They stocked up on food before the roads became so perilous that they couldn't drive on them. Days before that storm hit, we just needed a couple of things. It was Tuesday. It was Pastor's Day to cook. I fired up the smoker, and I was going to put a sweet potato in there for Sister Vonda and a baked potato in there for Pastor Gary, but we didn't have a sweet potato for Sister Vonda or a baked potato for Pastor Gary. And so look out, Brother Philip. I'm coming to Homeland to see you. I walked in Homeland, and uh, after I found a parking place across the street at Ollie's, People lost their stinking mind. It's going to snow. we got to go get food. That parking lot was packed. I, I'm sure uh, that Brother Terry had, uh, was losing his mind. When I walked out of the store, he was at the front of the store, and I said, Brother Terry, I just came to get one potato or two potatoes. And, and he said, well, there's not much left back there, so go see what else you can find. Please, go buy more. As I made a circle through that store, what I soon found was most of the milk was gone, most of the eggs were gone, most of the potatoes were gone, uh, most of the, the, the stuff, the, the things that we normally would eat were, were normally gone off the shelves because people had heard the forecast of the, the coming snowstorm and they thought, man, we got to get out and we got to get ready. We got to prepare before it ever gets here. Kind of like when they said, uh, we're going to be on lockdown for 14 days and we couldn't buy toilet paper back, back before the, the COVID hit, right? Who would have ever thought that we'd drive by somebody's house for their birthday and throw toilet paper at them for their birthday? When we were kids in high school, we'd toilet paper somebody's trees in front of their house, but, but to throw a whole roll at somebody, man, that's pretty offensive, right? Shelves were empty, scarce, bread, meat, eggs, things like uh, that were, were beginning to get pretty scarce inside that grocery store. I'm so glad I only had to go get two potatoes. 
In times past when we've had winter storms like this, I've been to gas stations and seen bags over the top of the gas pumps because they'd run plumb out of gas. People were so afraid of the storm that was coming, they were up there filling up Walmart bags full of gasoline. <laughs> got to have that, got to keep that, got to make sure I got some. Every time something like this happens, every time I go to a grocery store and see the shelves diminished, every time I, I, I see people losing their mind because of a warning that comes on the, the radio or a warning that comes on the television set or a warning that comes on the, the, the computer because of a snowstorm that's coming or a, even a tornado warning that's coming, it often comes to my mind, if it's like this now because of a forecasted snowstorm, what's it going to be like when the Lord returns? What will the store shelves look like then? What it comes down to is this. Every time, in every one of these situations and with the return of the Lord, those who have made pre-preparations, those who have made their plans ahead of time are ready to go when the storm comes or those who have not made preparations ahead of time are going to do without. The word we have in front of us tonight, that Bible that you build your life off of. It's a blizzard warning of sorts. It, it's, it's a Bible, it's a book full of warnings for us. And I, I, Pastor, this is a Sunday morning message. This is an evangelistic message. You're, you're supposed to be preaching this to that, that 100 plus crowd that was here this morning. Listen, friend, I, I'm not preaching to them, I'm preaching to us tonight. For the fact of the matter is, if we can get it ingrained in us, then we can pass it on to other people as well. This word is unfailing. This word is unrelenting. This word is unchanging. This word is unyielding. And this word is a word of warning of the things that are yet to befall planet earth. I want you to understand tonight, we must take heed to this warning. I want you to hear your pastor tonight. I don't want anybody I know, love, or care about to not be ready when the storm comes. Because there is a storm coming on planet earth. I want you to hear me very plain. I want you to hear me very clear. There is a blizzard that's on its way. Right. We need to go ahead and buy bread. Amen. Only the bread we need the most can't be bought. Amen. Things I want to share with you tonight about this blizzard warning. First thing is this. Let's talk about the warning. Verse 10 in the word of the Lord says, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Thank God tonight for a warning. How many can say amen to that much? Amen. We live in a day in a, in a time of, of such great technological advances. We live in a day and a time where the meteorologists can look at things like radar and aerial photos and Doppler and, and, and they can get so close to zooming in on making their predictions of, of how much ice one direction is going to go, how much snow another area is going to receive, how much of a combination of the two, how much will fall there, when it's going to hit, exactly when the temperature is going to drop. They can look at their maps and their weather predictions and, and tell us down almost to the moment of how much we're going to get and where we're going to get it at. Right. They can examine these things based upon the data that they study and then make a decision to issue the warnings. Yeah. Remember with me, the day before. 
that Tuesday that I was talking about when I fired the smoker up out in the backyard. I did baked potatoes uh, and, and salmon and backstraps. Glory. Hallelujah. And if there was any left over, I'm sure Sister Vonda would invite you to the house. <laughs> Oinker. That day that I fired that smoker up, it was 70 stinking degrees. Tuesday, it was 70 degrees. Wednesday at noon, it was 28 degrees. And the weatherman told us that about noon, it was going to start to rain on Wednesday, and it was going to get below freezing on Wednesday. And by the time I left here, after we did Jerry and Vicky's wedding, by the time we left here, it was starting to have freezing rain hit the ground. Now, can you imagine 100 years ago? They had no forecasts. They had no pre-warnings. They, they only knew, hey, it's 70 today. I'm out at the car wash. I'm, I'm out uh, washing my truck. I, I'm out working in the yard. Oh, it looks like planting time's almost here. And then the next day, it started to freeze and snow. They had no pre-warnings. They had no understanding. They had no knowledge of something that was to come. And so they had no way of making up preparations or plans ahead of time for the storm that was about to befall them. The, the fact is the weatherman today still is not always right. Still he doesn't always get it all the way good. But, but the truth of the matter is when he issues a warning, everybody needs to pay attention to what the weatherman has to say today. Amen? How many would agree tonight that the Weatherman might not always get it right, but God always will. God will always get it right. The most important warning we'll ever receive is not of a coming snowstorm. But the most important warning we'll ever receive is of the coming of the Lord. In the book of Matthew 24, verses 42 through 44, the Lord Jesus said, Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. But you know this. That if the master of the house had known the hour which the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 2 is the one that I, I chose for my, for my screen tonight. It, it says, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Does anybody know when the thief's going to come? The hour that you think not. We have such great technological advances here at the church that I've got some abilities that are, that are before me that I've never had before as a pastor. We install cameras on the outside of the building. I shared with you that it, over the last year or so, the, the vans have had the, the catalytic converters stolen off of them twice. And so because of that, I've kind of adopted this habit when we're sitting around at the nighttime watching television and, and I'm bored with whatever show Vonda's picked out to watch, I'll pick up my phone and I'll pop up the cameras. I can look at the cameras that are around the church on my phone from my living room. Praise the Lord. And so last night or night before, was it night before? I'm so glad you're here to help me tonight. Night before last, I was going through the cameras and there's these two little teenage girls that are out walking around the outside of the church. Late. Late. It was like 11.30 at night. One of them had a sled in her hand. I figured that they up here playing. The one of them had a broom in her hand. Maybe they were playing ice hockey. I don't know. But <laughs> they were running and sliding on the ice and, and trying to find them a place to skid and, and play on their sled at 11.30 at night. 
if I ever catch any of you girls out at 1130 at night. <laughs> Emily, you had no business being up here. No, it wasn't Emily. It wasn't Emily. <laughs> we get to that place where we're cautious because thieves have affected our church before. And so it causes us to watch and to be prepared ahead of time. Church, let me tell you something. As important as it is to watch and to guard over the things that God has entrusted us with, it's even more precious and more important to watch and to be prepared for His return. More important than the warning of a winter storm is the warning of our coming King. This warning doesn't doesn't say we know the hour, it doesn't say we know the time, it just says He's coming. And that we need to be prepared, we need to be ready, we need to be watching, we need to be waiting, we need to have our lives ready to go when that blizzard comes. What do we need to know tonight about a blizzard warning? We must understand the warning. Another thing we need to know about the blizzard warning is this, we need to know about the conduct. Look at verses 11 and 12. Verse 11 says this, Therefore, since these things will be dissolved, because you have this warning, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, and uh, being a fire, and, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Bless the Lord. How many understand that, that the warning is given to change our conduct? The reason the weatherman tells us ahead of time about a storm that's coming is to get us to change the way we act. When the warnings went out of the coming snowstorm, many people began to prepare. They gathered firewood. Some people went and filled up propane tanks. Many, uh, like I was saying before, stocked up on groceries. For me personally, I... I allowed the warning to change my conduct. I did some things that I don't normally do. I, I made sure I had gas for the generator. After going without electricity in your home for nine days, you want to make sure that if you lose electricity again, you've got a backup supply, you've got a generator that will run when you need it to run and function the way you need it to function. And so I pulled the generator out of the garage. I fired that thing up. I wanted to make sure that it would work. And I wanted to make sure I had gasoline backed up just in case I needed to use the generator it calls me to change my conduct. Sure. Sure. But at the same time, there's still others who didn't make any preparations. And the snow came, and they didn't have any milk in their house. They didn't have any bread in their house. I saw people posting questions on, on Facebook saying, uh, does anybody know where I can buy a rick of wood? In the middle of a snowstorm, you want to buy a rick of wood and have somebody deliver it to your house. Good luck with that, Jack. The middle of the tragedy, the middle of the problem, the middle of the situation, the middle of the blizzard is not the time to make your preparations. Wow. Most people don't believe there's going to be a snowstorm. The cynic says this, the, oh, if the weatherman says it's going to be a blizzard, we probably won't get anything at all. But if the weatherman says we're just going to get it dusted, well, that's when we'll probably get a foot of snow. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. 
You know, people say that about the Lord. They've been telling me for years he's coming back. Why do I need to prepare now? And all these people that were here this morning and our visitors that walked in the door this morning, you can't tell me that there wasn't more than one person who needed to know Jesus is Lord and Savior of their life. But there's a lot of folks walking around today saying, oh, they've been saying Jesus is coming for a long time. What makes it different now than it ever has been before? Why should I change my conduct? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 4 says, The people of his hour would say, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continued as the way they were from the beginning of creation. Can I tell you that if this was the, the, the time the weatherman got it right, it would change everything about the way they lived their lives. In that hour, if, if, the, weatherman, if the weatherman got it right and this was the day the Lord returned, the day after the rapture, the church house would be packed. Oh, I want to get right. I want to live for God. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to come across as critical. I don't want to come across as unsympathetic. But the fact of the matter is, if I warn you that if you put your hand in the fire, you're going to get burned, but you choose to go ahead and put your hand in the fire anyway, friend, let me tell you something. The blisters are your own problem. And if people preach and teach and preach and teach and preach and teach and prophesy and forecast the return of the Lord, but people don't heed the warning and change their conduct and live their life in godliness and holiness, then, friend, they deserve the punishment that's to befall them. God loves them, and we're supposed to love them too. But if we can preach and teach so far, and they reject, and they reject, and they reject, and they reject. Oh, I want to heed the warnings of God. I want to heed His counsel. I want to heed His word. I want to receive His word. I want it to rise up inside of me. And I want to believe it with all that's coming, that He is returning, and I want it to change everything about me. Amen. This is not a fairy tale. This is not the imagination or the invention of some man. It's the truth of the Word of God. It's a sure coming event that's worth changing our conduct over. It's time to get saved and to stay saved. It's time to live ready and be ready. It's time to get clean and stay clean. It's time to allow no sin to enter into our life because no sin will enter into heaven. Ephesians 5 and 5 says, Know this. No fornicator, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater shall inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. Amen. Revelation 21 and 27 says this, There shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. 22, Revelation 22, 14 and 15. Blessed are those who do His commandments. That they may have the right to the tree of life. They may enter the gates into the city. But outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexual immoral, the, sexual immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and those who love and practice a lie. A change in conduct means a change in life. Right. You may not always get it right. 
And in fact, most of the time we're, we, we can stub our toes. Anybody ever stubbed your toe? Anybody ever made a mistake? Anybody ever failed? Since you walked in about 30 minutes ago, has anybody ever made a mistake or failed? I, I forgot I was talking to a bunch of holy people. You know, the Bible says for him who knows to, to do right and chooses not to do it, it's sin. I, I think we have that opportunity, that open door to sin every day. Every day. There's, there's a, a temptation to lust. There's a temptation to lie. There's a temptation to, to, to steal. Being a thief is, is more than, than going to somebody's house when they're not watching and stealing the catalytic converter off their car. You can steal time from your employer by doing something that you shouldn't ought to be doing. When you're supposed to be on the clock. That's being a thief. That's hard preaching, ain't it? I'm so glad that y'all love me. And I can just preach to you whatever the Holy Spirit says. You know, if we, if we truly listened to that warning, if we truly heard the warning of the Word of God, it would cause our conduct to change. And at least we'd allow the Holy Spirit, when we do make a mistake and we, we gossip about our brother or our sister in Christ, we would at least have the, the wherewithal to allow the Holy Spirit to prick our heart Good preaching, Pastor. Woo! Hanky waving. What do we need to know about blizzard warnings? Well, we need to understand the warning. We need to understand the conduct. And we also need to understand there's a promise behind it all. Look with me at verse 13. Verse 13 says this. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, are looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. How many understand there's a new heaven and a new earth that's on its way? How many understand that, that springtime and summertime are on its way? Summer's only 133 days away. The new heavens and the new earth are on their way tonight, church. One of the things we know about wintertime and blizzard times is that during the winter and during the blizzard Everything dies. Things that are normally green turn brown. The lack of warmth from the sun causes all the things that are lush in the summertime and the spring. The beautiful flowers of our trees to, to all begin to wither. All the, the, the leaves to fall off of them. All the grass to turn brown. All the, the, the things, our gardens, our flowers, our plants. All the things that we had in our yard. Suddenly, unless they're plastic like the ones I've got at the front of my house, they all turn brown and die. Ooh, you're preaching me happy now, Pastor. I cannot even begin to tell you how many times that I have purchased a potted plant flower for my wife and put it on the back porch for her enjoyment. It's not the fact that she has a green thumb or that she could grow anything, but she really likes to look at it. And I love her so much, I want her to enjoy some beauty on her back porch. I want her to see the, the beautiful flowers that I planted for her. But I cannot also tell you how many times these beautiful flowers that I planted for her are still on the back porch covered by snow. Yeah. 
Now, it's not the fact that she hasn't told me at least 10,000 times, how are you going to bring the plants in? Hey, we probably, probably ever to bring the plants in. You think about bringing plants in? I ask her often when she says, should we bring those plants in, if she has a mouse in her pocket. The we part of that, right? Because I know who the we part of that's going to be. Are you going to bring those plants in? It's what she really means when she says that. When you got the time, yeah. In the wintertime, they're going to die if they're left outside. But the good news is this. Springtime and summertime are just around the corner. And even sometimes those plants that we left out on the back porch that had flowers in them will sprout and grow new life. Now, not all the time. Sometimes what you're left with is a bucket of dirt. But sometimes we have what I like to call volunteer. That's a volunteer plant. It came back on its own. I've had volunteer tomato plants. I've had volunteer watermelon plants. And I've had volunteer flower pots that, that sprang new life on the back porch. Because the promise is, He makes all things new. As this storm comes upon planet Earth, I spoke about it this morning. I can't not say it again tonight. Our God is a God of judgment. And this scripture that we read uh, tonight in, in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13, tell of a time when the heavens and the earth will melt away. There's not a blizzard that's coming, but there's a firestorm that's coming. Heaven and earth will pass away. Why? Because heaven and earth have been defiled by sin. Pastor, I understand the earth being defiled by sin, but how has heaven been defiled by sin? Well, friend, Satan himself was in heaven. He was the defilement that was in heaven. The rebellion that spilled out on earth began in heaven. And so the Lord says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wipe the slate clean. I'm going to make a brand new heaven. I'm going to make a brand new earth. I'm so thankful tonight that His promises are yes and amen. I'm so thankful tonight that He is more than capable, more than able to do everything that He said He was going to do. The promise for the born-again, blood-bought believer, the promise for the child of God is this, that God's going to bring a new heaven and God's going to bring a new earth where sin has never been and where sin will never be. Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. The word of the Lord says, Now I saw a new heaven, and I saw a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and he shall be, uh, they shall be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. Behold, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down for the first heaven and earth, first earth that passed away, the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Amen. I've been to the holy city, the old Jerusalem. It's a beautiful place. 
place of sights and sounds and smells. I can close my eyes sometimes and go back there in my mind. I had a wonderful time with many of my friends, my church family, people I love. But it won't compare at all to the new heaven, to the new earth, to the new Jerusalem. It won't compare at all. There won't be a shine. There won't be a glitter. There won't be a sound. Anything that would even compare in the city of of Jerusalem today with the new Jerusalem that's coming down. The promise of the Lord is, yes, there's going to be a storm. Here's the warning. Change your conduct because there's coming a time for those whose names are written down in the Lamb's book of life that you'll get to spend an eternity in a new heaven and a new earth. Friend, that's worth changing your conduct over. new heaven and new earth sis would you go ahead and come just you and Dennis tonight it's fine you know we get a lot of warnings through our lives from the time we're a little bitty until the time we go to the grave, we get a lot of warnings through our lives. Warnings, warnings to correct us, warnings to direct us, warnings to prevent us from harm. <laughs> oh, how much better life would have been if we'd have heeded the warnings of mama so many times. Oh, how much better life could have been if I'd listened to my daddy and some of the warnings that he tried to give to me. Think about around this room tonight how different our lives could have been had we heeded the warnings of people when he'd say, Hey, son. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a few warnings, honey, I'm glad I didn't listen to. <laughs> I wouldn't have had my wife if I'd listened to all of Mama's warnings. I was about 18 years old. Vonda, please close your ears just for a minute. I was about 18 years old, and I'd taken this little girl out on a date. When I was 18 years old, I wasn't, you know, the same pastor that's standing before you tonight. I was a little different fellow then. And back in the early 80s, it was a different time, it was a different world. We went to the movie, went to a nice dinner. We were looking for a back road that was quiet and isolated. We were going to the submarine races. Y'all don't know what that is, we was going parking, okay? We're going to look at stars, yes, thank you. There's children in here. So I pulled off the road. I had this 1973 Ford Bronco pickup you know, four-wheel drive thing. I pulled off the road. 
and that thing went and I got all four tires where they were spinning I was stuck there wasn't any time for smooching and hugging because I was too busy trying to get that, that Bronco unstuck from the mud couldn't get it unstuck from the mud no matter how hard I tried and so I said get in the Bronco lock the doors I'm going to walk back to that farmhouse we just passed and see if they let me use the telephone. It was before we had bag phones, folks. <laughs> so I walked back to that farmhouse. I knocked on the door and I said, hey, please put the shotgun down. Can I please use your telephone? I'm stuck. He said, yes, you can. I made the most horrific phone call I'd ever made in my life. I called my daddy. And I said, Dad, I'm stuck. Would you come get me? Where are you stuck at? Rah, 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 rah. Oh, it turned bad. He was ugly. He was not happy with me. What do you think you're doing out there in the woods anyway? Some little girl. Okay, Dad, I'm stuck. Will you come get me? Dad comes to where I'm at. Get in the truck with him. We drive off down in there towards where my Bronco was at. He said, I ain't going in that mess. Okay, Dad. Go get that girl. Okay, Dad. So we went and got that girl, put her in the truck, drove her to her house. I walked her to her door. I apologized to her mom and daddy because my daddy was sitting there ready to kill me. Hey, if I need an amen out of you, I'll ask for it. Daddy said, get in the truck. So I got in the truck. We go back out there. Daddy's got to come along. A wire, a wire cable. He takes that wire cable out and he wraps it around a tree. He puts a chain on the front of my Bronco. He puts the come along in between the two of them. He said, get in the Bronco and start trying to drive out. And he's ratcheting that come along up. <laughs> and ratcheting that come along up. Ratcheting that come along up. That come along is in the back of my pickup truck right now. If anybody wants to see it, it's got about an inch and a half piece of pipe for the handle. It's a heavy come along. It's not some uh, thing you buy today in some uh, five and dime store. It was a good, heavy duty come along. Daddy said, I'm tired of, uh, of ratcheting on this thing. You get out and pull on it for a while, boy. Okay, Dad. So I get out, he comes in the, in the Bronco, and about the time I reached down to get the, the come along, it had flipped down and was stuck in the mud. And he said, hey, watch that cable, it'll twist. Warning. By this time, I'd listen to him all I wanted to listen to him. I was mad. You made me take my girlfriend home? You made me walk up there and apologize to them? And now you're going to tell me how to use a come-along that I've used a hundred times in my life? Watch that come-along on that cable. It'll get you. I reached under to pick it up out of the mud, and as I did, the handle of that come-along spun around and hit me right here. Whap-pap! Whap-pap! Knocked me to the ground. 
There's a scar right here if y'all want to see it sometime. They put 28 stitches right here above my eye that night. I'm bleeding like a stuck hog. Anytime you get cut on your face, you're bleeding, right? Daddy reaches in the back of that Bronco and he pulls out one of them red shop towels and throws it at me. Here, quit crying. <laughs> Daddy, I think I need to go to the doctor. We'll go to the doctor when we get the Bronco out of the mud. My mama wanted to kill him by the time we got home. She didn't heed, he didn't heed her warning. <laughs> That's my baby. Pastor, why would you tell us a silly story like that? Well, first of all, I tell you a silly story like that to make you understand I'm human just like you guys are. I make mistakes just like anybody else. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. And I didn't heed warnings that would have helped me, that would have kept me from getting stitches in my head. If I'd listened to my dad that night and I'd have been careful and cautious about that come along, I'd have never had those stitches. Well, I probably would have got them somewhere else, but I wouldn't have got them that night. But I was too proud. I was, I was mad because my dad was trying to help me. I was mad because because dad was trying to redirect me. Do you know our dad in heaven loves us so much that he wants us to not get whopped in the eye with a come along? He loves you so much. He cares about you so much. He says, hey, child, I'm coming. I've been telling you a long time I'm coming. I just want you to be ready. I just want you to be prepared when I arrive. I want your name written down in this book. I sent my son to die for you. Heads bowed and eyes closed, please, all across the room. Precious Father, God, how we need you. Precious Father, how we love you. Lord, how grateful we are that you would love us enough to look out for us and warn us of something that's going to hurt us. Lord, there's a storm that's coming on this world. There's a storm that's coming, Lord. And the only way we can be ready is through your son, Jesus. God, there's no greater priority. There's, there's nothing more important. We can preach and teach on the gifts of the Spirit, the, the, the healing power. We, we can preach and teach the Bible cover to cover, front to back, and leave out preaching and teaching about salvation and your soon return. And God, it's all for nothing. Paul said, Though I could speak with tongues of angels, of men but have not love Lord it's nothing and the only love really that matters is the love that you poured out upon us and Lord we truly can never receive or know love until we receive your love God you love us so much that you warn us of a blizzard that's coming God, have your way around this room right now. 
I ask in Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed, with eyes closed. I understand it's Sunday night. I understand it's home, folks. I get that. But doggone it. People can't get saved if we don't give them the chance. And there's nothing more important. There's nothing more special. There's, there's no greater need than to heed the warning. But I can tell you the next step to that is once we heed the warning, then we need to change our conduct. Walking an aisle and saying a prayer, uh, accepting Christ as Savior, but then going back to living in the world? It's not a changed conduct. If you're here tonight and you'd say, Pastor, I need Jesus to save me. I want to heed the warning of His soon return. I want to be ready. If that's you, would you lift your hand right now? Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, little buddy. Thank you. You know, that was the easy altar call. Man of God, woman of God, is your conduct changed? Pastor Jason, for the youth, preached a series of sermons not long ago about the difference in our appearance versus our reality. Man, that would be a great sermon to preach on a Sunday morning to a congregation of over 100 people. Because the truth is what we look like on the outside is not always who we are on the inside. We can say we've heeded the warning. We can say that we're a Christian. We can say that we've accepted Christ. But if our conduct haven't changed, our appearance may be one thing, but who we actually are is something entirely different. I want to give everybody in this room a time to, to pray tonight. He loves you. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. I wouldn't be much of a pastor to you if I, if I fed you cotton candy and tickled your ears. I want us to be ready. Man, there's nothing more important than being ready and walking in that daily. How do we build the church? How do we build the kingdom? By being ready and walking in it daily, allowing our conduct to be changed. I want to invite everybody in this place tonight to a time of prayer. If you're here tonight and you'd say, Pastor, I, I just want to pray. Won't you come and find your place to front? Make an altar where you're at, but friend, please, please. Don't leave until you pray. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe. Yes, we can see. The wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe. Yes, we can see. Wonders are still. 
You know, I know that it would be probably far better to come on a Sunday night before we launch into a, a new work week, a new school week after being off for a few days and preach everybody happy and fire you up, man. Get you ready to go. But if the thought of the return of the Lord doesn't fire us up, If the thought of being prepared and walking in a changed life doesn't fire us up, then what good's tickling our ears going to do, really? You know what I found is that I really, 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 really like sweets. I like banana pudding. My wife has cooked this week, as I've made mention of before. She made this ginormous lemon cake. And I like, I like me some lemon cake. And every night, I'll sit down with a piece, you know, just a small piece. <laughs> if you're going to have cake, let's have cake. Don't tease me with some little old nothing. I... I really enjoy sweets. But what I find is that when I get up the next morning and I stick that finger and I take that, that, that insulin, that, that blood sugar level, probably shouldn't have had a size that big. I'm not saying I'm stopping doing that, honey. I'm just saying I probably shouldn't have. Thank you. Happy preaching is good. Being, being filled with joy and strength and encouragement. We need that, guys. And I pray I do that for you sometimes. But we also need some meat and potatoes. We need some meat and potatoes. So that our sword is sharpened. So that we can walk into the battle that we may face tomorrow. And not be ill-armed or unequipped. But prepared. Thoroughly equipped. Please let me pray over you one more time. Father, I speak blessings over these people. God, I ask you right now to use them, anoint them, empower them, impart wisdom in them. But Lord, let our conduct be transformed because of the warning. Lord, we believe your return is near at hand. And Lord, we want to prepare everyone around us. And God, we want to be prepared ourselves. Lord, when the storm comes we find ourselves ready to walk into your promise your blessing, your provision the new heaven, the new earth the greatest blessing and provision of all time God walk with these people this week, use them for the glory of your kingdom, God and may the things that they lay their hands to do be blessed because of you God, thank you God we trust you God be glorified in Jesus name Amen. I love you guys. Have a great week.